Well, now, kids, this is for you and for the adults as well as we hear from God's word, the Bible. This is from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's hard to talk about this text without discussing the, the running, the race that's alluded to, but that's what we're going to try and do today. Today, we are going to focus on, pun intended, dad's laugh, what we should see or what we don't see. And, and when a verse begins with, uh, therefore, you always have to go back to see what the therefore is talking about. And, and right before chapter 12 is chapter 11, where we have what, what sometimes is called the, the hall of faith, where it goes through almost from, from creation all the way through King David and, and the prophets, essentially saying throughout all of the Hebrew scriptures, these characters who, by faith, lived with God's promise before them. We hear about Abel and Enoch and, and Noah, of Abraham and Sarah, that, that, they would, that they would give birth in their old age and that they would pick up and move to a land that they had never seen before by faith. We've got Isaac and Jacob who followed the promise by faith. Joseph, though, though captive, uh, made captive by his brothers and taken into Egypt, he lived by faith, knowing that it wasn't the end of the story. Moses led God's people by faith. Rahab lived by faith by, by allowing the, the, the Israelites' uh, spies to come into her house, and, and she became part of the family. And then we've got these four judges listed, Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, and David, and Samuel, and the prophets. They all lived by faith. In verse 39 of chapter 11, it says this, These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. They knew that there was a promise, but they weren't positive what it was and what it was going to look like or, or when it was coming. And yet still, they persevered faithfully because there was a promise that was given to them by a faithful God. And then we get into our reading for today. Therefore, because of all of that, because we have this great cloud of witnesses that, that was just referenced, witnesses. The Greek word is martyrs, testifiers. Because we have this great cloud of witnesses, we have them as an example. We have them as an encouragement for us. They're, they're cheering us on. They're, they're passing the baton to us. And there I go bringing the race metaphor in. But they are what this therefore was all about. 
This sets up everything that's going to follow. It encourages us for what comes next. And it's, it's like the writer of the, of, of the book of Hebrews is saying, they managed to do it, so can you. All right, I'm going to ask you to, to do something um, and, and just play with me here. First of all, I want you to look at me. I want you to focus on me. I'm sorry you have to do it, but focus on me. And I should be really, really clear in your sight. And then while you're still looking at me and focusing on me, I want you to try and pay attention to things in your room that are in your peripheral vision, off to the sides. Maybe there's a lamp or, or a chair or, or a book. You can see their shapes, but, but because you are focusing on me, they're, they're kind of blurry. They're, they're off in the side. Now, I want you to pick one of those things in your peripheral vision, and I want you to focus on that instead of me. Look at that thing, and, and that thing comes into, comes into view and comes, comes clear to you. And you'll notice that I am no longer as clear as I was. Because that thing comes into focus, and now I'm out of focus to you. And what we want to look at with, with others who help us to see is what are you looking at? Since we have this great cloud of witnesses, what are you looking at? What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles? The things that weigh us down and keep us trapped? Are those the things you're focused on? The things in the periphery, the, the things that, that, that weigh you down? What's, what's weighing you down? Is it things that are going on in our country? In politics? Is it coronavirus, the death toll, all the regulations? Is your job weighing you down? Either, either the job that you have but you want something else or the job that you lost and now you need something else. Is it your health? Is it, is it some disease that you're battling and trying to manage but it concerns you? Are there particular relationships of yours that are weighing you down? What about the sin that, that entangles, right? I know that I am a sinner. And I know the things that tempt me. And, and it's important to remain diligent, to not step in the trap that, that was left there by Satan. But are you too focused on it? Or maybe you feel like you can't avert your eyes from the trap. Maybe you're so focused on your sin that it's all that you can see. You've let that sin define you. How could you ever get away from, from your sin that's just pulling you in like a black hole? Are these the things you're looking at? The things you're focused on? Now hear me, those are all very real things, and I don't want to uh, diminish them or, or make light of them. But are those the things that have your attention, that have your focus? This past fall, I learned how to ride a motorcycle. And one of the things that they teach you is, is if you look down at the gauges, right, how fast am I going and what RPMs, or if you look at the front tire, what's right in front of you, 
you can't see what, what's lying ahead. If there's an obstacle and you focus on it, you will steer the bike subconsciously toward that obstacle. And so, so they told us that you need to, to, to be alert, you need to pay attention to what's going on all around you. And this means, you know, occasionally checking your mirrors so that you can see what's happening behind you or who might be coming up. That means looking side to side in front of you so, so you can see what other drivers are doing and try, try to anticipate things that might happen. But most importantly, while you're being alert of everything around you, you need to be looking ahead. Not down, but up and ahead at the road that you are approaching. Looking to see if, if, if there might be signs that, that the condition of the road is going to change. Maybe, maybe you're, you're on very dry pavement and there's an oil slick. Or, or this time of year, uh, there's, there's a patch of ice that, that could become slippery that you need to pay attention to. You, they tell you that you need to plan an escape route in case one of those things happens. If that car that's, that's coming out of the parking lot decides to pull in front of you because they didn't see you, you need to know where you're going to go. And it's by keeping focus on what's ahead of you that you are able to steer clear of the danger. Okay? Now, just like the exercise that we did previously, what you fix your gaze on is what comes into focus. Everything else around it blurs. And if your gaze is fixed on the things that weigh you down or the sin traps that the devil leaves for you, they will most definitely be in focus for you. And so the writer of Hebrews says, get rid of those things. Shake them off. Those things are in the periphery. Instead, look ahead. I want you to do one more, one more thing with me. With your index fingers, I want you to make, make a cross and hold it maybe, maybe a foot away from yourself. But I still want you to focus on me, okay? So that you are looking at me and not your fingers. And you can tell that the fingers are there, but I'm in focus. And now, adjust your vision so that you're looking at your fingers and not me. And now the cross comes into focus and I'm blurry. I'm in the background. Fix your eyes on the cross. Fix your eyes on the cross. Instead of focusing on the things in the periphery, the things that weigh you down and the sin that traps, fix your eyes on Jesus. Does that make those other things go away? No. No, they will still be there, but it takes them out of focus and puts Jesus in focus. And that great cloud of witnesses from before, they only had a distant promise that they faithfully looked toward. Their faithfulness in, in striving toward that, that promise that, that, God pro that, that God gave them, that thing that, that they knew was coming, but they didn't know exactly what it would look like. We see the fulfillment of that promise in Jesus Christ. And if that great cloud of witnesses could, could do that without something they didn't know fully, how much more should we be able to fix our eyes on Jesus who we can fully see? On the surface, this sounds easy until you start to put it into practice. 
until your gaze is directed towards those weights of life again. Another diagnosis comes in. There's trouble on the job and there's going to be more furloughs. Or when you turn your attention toward that trap and you find yourself caught once again. Those things that so easily weigh us down and and the sin that so easily entangles. Jesus took those things upon himself. Jesus took those heavy things to the cross. Our reading for today tells us that he endured the cross. It wasn't easy. He scorned the cross, or he scorned the shame that the cross brought him. And the reason that he was able to do it? Because of the joy that was set before him. And that joy that was set before him was you. Jesus fixed his eyes on you. And there is nothing that will avert his gaze or take his focus away from you. We may struggle to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. But Jesus has no problem keeping his gaze fixed on us. So allow the great cloud of witnesses to cheer you on, to help you to see Jesus. And when you do, when you fix your eyes on Jesus, you will see him gazing at you with joy and with love. In his name, amen.